Hey friend, welcome to another episode of Her Unraveled Life. I'm your host, Amy Wadlington, Certified Holistic Life and Health Coach, Author, and Mom. Today, we're diving into something incredibly powerful yet often overlooked. It's the immense power of our thoughts. So make yourself comfortable, grab your favorite cozy drink, maybe a pen and some paper, and let's embark on this journey together. Our thoughts have the incredible ability to shape our lives for better or for worse. (laughs) Today, we're exploring the thought model by Brooke Castillo and aligning it with the timeless biblical truth of taking every thought captive as instructed in 2 Corinthians 10.5. This concept isn't just psychological, it's deeply spiritual and profoundly transformative. The thought model suggests that our thoughts create our feelings, which then drive our actions And ultimately, that determines our results. It's simple yet profound that everything starts in the mind. And as Proverbs 23, 7 tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This principle is at the heart of our discussion today. Let me share a little bit about my journey with you. There was a time when my thoughts were my biggest battlefield, and sometimes they still are. (laughs) Negative thinking, doubts, and especially fear not only clouded my vision, but kept me stuck. But a pivotal moment came when I decided to let God into that space. Was it uncomfortable? Very. He showed me things about myself and the thoughts that I was having. And it was embarrassing. I even felt a little bit of shame, but I know that didn't come from God. (laughs) But he showed me how I clung to a victim mindset for years because of my life circumstances. Native American, female, divorced, single mom, victim of abuse. There was a long list of things that in this world do identify me as a victim. That's not who God says I am. He doesn't show us these things to condemn us. It's actually the opposite. He shows us to set us free. He breaks the chains that hold us back, and the battlefield of the mind is one of the toughest battles that we will face in this life. Now, I began to challenge my thoughts, and thank goodness for grace because it takes a lot of practice. But first, I recognized that I controlled my thoughts, not the other way around. I took authority over them. Um, Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And second, I replaced my negative thoughts or lies that I was believing with truth, with a capital T, and scripture, putting on the armor of God daily. Ephesians 6.17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the helmet of salvation is to protect your mind. He says in the word, protect your mind and the thoughts that you have, your thought life, with the knowledge of your salvation. That's the helmet is our salvation, is we protect our thoughts with the knowledge of our salvation. And the only way to know the truth and to be completely set free is to open your Bible. With the armor of God, we only have one weapon. 
And that is the word of God. It's the sword of the spirit. And so we want to open our Bible and allow it to soak into every cell of our body until we completely believe it. And then the third thing that I did was to speak to my mountains and to my giants. We have authority through Christ and power to speak to the situation that is disturbing our minds and whatever is attacking us through the spirit. Mark eleven twenty two through 24 says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And then the fourth thing that I did was allow Christ to shift my mindset. And I learned to expect the goodness of God to flow through my life as he transformed my mind. When I was laid off from my job in 2020, I surprised myself because instead of being afraid, because like I said, single mom, <laughs> one income, and instead of going into fear, I actually found myself excited because I knew that God was about to do something amazing. And looking back four years, he has been so faithful in that. He loves us so much. He knows us. He knows you. He loves you. And we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. That's from Romans 8.37. Now, as I did these things, slowly I noticed that doors began to open and the veil began to lift. I started to see as God sees opportunities that I never imagined started coming my way. I started seeing different results in my life and I started taking different actions because I was no longer in fear and I no longer felt completely out of control. Like my circumstances were controlling me, which often led to anxiousness, depression, and even hopelessness. And not because my circumstances had changed because they certainly had not, but because my mindset had changed. I learned that I could control how I responded to whatever was happening, and my response was what controlled the outcome. Now, this transformation was not about becoming overly optimistic or ignoring reality or even about gratitude, which is a really good thing. Having a gratitude mindset and being thankful for the things that we have is biblical, but it was about adopting a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. We'll talk about gratitude in future episodes, but today we're talking about a fixed mindset versus growth. Now, a fixed mindset is the belief that one's abilities or their intelligence is static, leading to a tendency to avoid challenges and fear failure as a reflection of a neat, as a reflection of innate limitations. Other mindsets that fall into this same category are the victim mindset, which is everything is happening to you and you have no control over it, and blaming others for what's happening to you because it's their fault. Now, sometimes our circumstances are other people's faults, but we have control over how we think about what's happening. And then the poverty mindset, which manifests in two different ways, which is 
I want more, more, more mentality and nothing will ever be enough. No matter what I have, it won't be enough. You could see a multi-millionaire who has a poverty mindset. They never have enough. That's a poverty mindset, even if they have everything from our perspective. And then the other manifestation of a poverty mindset would be, why bother? Nothing good ever happens to me anyway. Now, a growth mindset sees challenges as opportunities for growth, or one has the belief that the abilities and the intelligence can be developed through effort and learning. And it encourages individuals to embrace challenges and view failure as an opportunity for growth. We can learn on scriptures like James 1, 2 through 4, which encourages us to consider trials pure joy because of the perseverance that they produce. Biblically, a growth mindset says, I can because God can. This mindset is about hope and faith and dreams and the truth with a capital T. <laughs> I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. This mindset says, God has called me and he has gifted me to be highly effective and fruitful within my sphere of influence. We often use the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But do you really believe that? Paul was in prison when he wrote those words. Would you be able to say that if you were unfairly locked up in prison? He had adapted the mind of Christ, a growth mindset, one that sees his challenge as an opportunity for growth and to build his faith even while he was in prison. Now, I know remaining the same sometimes feels easier than the hard work that it takes to change. Stuck in fear, stuck in doubt, stuck in the past, complaining that nothing is ever going to change. It's true what they say that misery loves company. People cling to us when we're gloomy all the time, don't they? But the opposite seems to happen when we adapt a growth mindset. It repels the negative people in our lives. And sometimes that can be hurtful. And sometimes they don't like to see us change. And if they're in a fixed mindset, they start saying that they don't like you or the way that you have changed. But you don't want to believe the lie that staying the same is easy, even if we lose people that we love, because it's hard and change is hard, but you have to choose your hard. Now, these static poverty and victim mindsets keep us in a state of worry and fear and sometimes even apathy, paralyzing us, preventing us from moving forward in our faith and in our lives. We feel hopeless or out of control and if we look back at the thought model, our feelings dictate our actions. When we're afraid or apathetic or worried all the time, we either don't take actions 
or the actions that we take are not beneficial to us. And the results that we see in our lives start looking and feeling like we're stuck or nothing's ever going to get better or worse. Things just keep looking more and more grim every day. And this is how the cycle of a mindset starts to take root. We either have roots from the seeds of the fruit of the spirit, which are faith, joy, patience, love, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, or we have seeds planted in our hearts of fear, doubt, worry, hate, victimhood, misery, abrasiveness, selfishness, and self-destructiveness. Those are the opposites of the fruit of the spirit. And these seeds take root in our souls, which are our minds, our emotions, and our heart, and they become deep-seated beliefs. And they begin to dictate our thoughts, which create our feelings, which drive our actions, and ultimately our results. So what type of results do you think you would see in your life if your thoughts were always around fear, doubt, worry, hate, victimhood, misery, abrasiveness, selfishness, and self-destructiveness? I think that answer is pretty clear by looking at the world today. So what is the key to overcoming this? It's the four steps that I went through before. You want to take control of your thoughts, recognizing your authority over them. They are not in control of you. You are in control of them. And focus on the uplifting truths of the word of God. And then replace negativity with truth. Put on the armor of God daily and protect your mind and let the word of God penetrate every cell of your body. And then number three, speak to your mountains and your giants. Use your authority in Christ to address your struggles and trust in the power of the name of Jesus. And number four, allow God to renew your mind and expect his goodness as he transform your, transforms your mind. Romans 12, 2 calls us not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. This renewal process involves surrendering every thought to God, allowing his truth to reshape our thinking. And as you have faith and trust God, your mindset will begin to shift to anticipate blessings, even in difficult times, knowing that God is working for your good. Friend, God is good all the time. Keep getting to know him until you know that you know that you know that he is good and he is on your side. But although it is God's job to renew our minds, it's our job to challenge the thoughts that don't serve us. We learn to reframe our thoughts and stop telling ourselves the same old stories that we've come so accustomed to telling ourselves. It's our job to do the work. I often say God's going to give you the shovel and he's going to tell you where to dig, but it's our job to do the digging. He will transform the renewing of your mind, but until you get into alignment with him and his plans, you will remain where you are, never moving forward. So let's talk about reframing. What does that look like? 
Reframing a negative thought into a growth mindset thought involves shifting your perspective from seeing challenges as obstacles to opportunities for learning and development. It means consciously choosing to view setbacks as stepping stones for personal growth and embracing the belief that your abilities can be developed through dedication and effort. An example would be, I failed the exam. I am not smart enough. Reframing that into a growth mindset thought would be, failing this exam is an opportunity for me to identify areas where I can improve and develop my skills. With persistence and effort, I can learn from this experience and next time I will perform better. We also have to switch the script, recognizing the narratives or the stories that we tell ourselves about our lives, capabilities, and circumstances. These narratives or stories that we tell ourselves often shape our beliefs, our behaviors, and our outcomes. So here is how we change them. Number one is become aware of the stories that you're telling yourselves by paying attention to your thoughts and your inner dialogue. So many things that we think we have no idea that we're thinking, especially if it's something that you've been thinking since you were a small child. And then you want to challenge those thoughts, question them. Are they accurate? Are they valid? Are they based on facts or assumptions? Are they helping you or are they hindering you? And then number three is rewrite the story. Replace those negative or limiting stories with empowering ones that align with your goals and aspirations and God's truth. Focus on highlighting your strengths, your resilience, and your potential for growth. Reframe the story. And then number four is use positive affirmations and biblical truth to reinforce the new narratives and beliefs. Repeat affirmations, repeat verses from the Bible that affirm your worth, your abilities, and your capabilities. Even just saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If that's as far as you can get with an affirmation or a verse to repeat and memorize, that alone is going to help you reinforce the positive thinking. And then consistency. You want to practice consistently reinforcing the new narratives until they become ingrained in your mindset and behavior and you believe them. Our minds are so gullible. They believe anything we tell them, even the negative stuff. So even if there's something that you think that you know isn't true, but you still think it, your mind believes it. By consciously reshaping these stories that we tell ourselves, we can cultivate a more positive and empowering mindset that propels us toward our desired outcomes. A story that I used to tell myself all the time was that I hated exercise. Then I would exercise and I would complain the entire time that I was doing it. So I was reinforcing the belief. <laughs> now to change the narrative that I hated exercise, I followed the steps that I talked about. I recognized that I had been telling myself the story that I hate exercise and I acknowledged how this belief had influenced my behavior, which eventually became not exercising at all. And then I challenged it. I questioned the belief 
is it really true that I hate exercise? Or is it possible that I simply haven't found the right type of exercise that I enjoy yet? I considered any positive experiences that I've had with physical activities in the past, like going for hikes with my daughters. I love doing that. And dancing to loud, fun music. I love music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yes, I was an 80s hairband kid, and I still like Bon Jovi and Guns N' Roses. (laughs) And then I would rewrite the story. I replace the negative narrative with more empowering ones. Instead of saying, I hate to exercise, I reframed it to something like, I'm exploring different forms of physical activities to find what I enjoy. This shifted the focus from dislike to curiosity and openness, and it started to retrain my brain. And then the action that I took was I took small steps to experiment with different types of exercise until I found activities that I genuinely enjoyed. (laughs) This involved trying new things and remembering what brought me joy as a child. For you, it might look like trying out various classes or trying out a new sport or outdoor activities. And then I used affirmations and different verses to reinforce the new narrative. For example, I repeated phrases like, I am discovering the joy of movement and exercise makes me feel strong and energized to myself on a regular basis. Sometimes when I'm trying to reframe a thought or belief, I'll even write down the verse or the affirmation that I want to repeat to myself on a sticky note and stick it on my mirror in my bathroom. And repeat it out loud so that your mind hears it through your thoughts, your ears hear it through your voice, and the enemy hears it in the spiritual realm. Because you're putting him on notice that you are no longer going to believe the lies that he has been telling you. And then I kept practicing the new narrative and engaging in physical activity regularly even if it felt challenging at first, trying new things. And over time, as I discovered activities that brought me joy and satisfaction, my belief about exercise actually began to change. Now, I'm still not a fan of some exercise because during this curiosity phase, I learned that some exercises actually make me feel physically exhausted for weeks at a time. I didn't understand why, but as I got curious I learned that um, because I have Epstein-Barr virus and a couple of different autoimmunities and adrenal fatigue, high exertion exercises were actually making me feel like crap. (laughs) No wonder I thought I hated exercise because they would actually make me sick for weeks. What I hated was not the exercise itself. I actually hated how those exercises were making me feel. As I learned to honor myself and honor my body, I found that movements that didn't make me feel sick for weeks at a time instead gave me energy and filled me with joy. So getting unstuck isn't just about moving away from paralyzing thoughts. It's also about shifting our focus towards becoming more solution aware rather than problem aware. This means getting curious about our problems without falling into the trap of negative self-talk or stress. Imagine approaching a challenge with a mindset of curiosity 
asking, what can this teach me? Or like I did, why do I hate exercise? What about it makes me feel such a strong feeling to something that is supposed to make me feel good? Or how can I grow from this? Instead of immediately spiraling into worry, fear, or in my case, a lot of times negative self-talk, like, what is your problem? Are you lazy? You are just a lazy bum. All you ever do is sit on the couch and eat bonbons. (laughs) That negative self-talk just goes and spins in your head. And sometimes it's even dread. You just dread whatever is coming up because of the thoughts that are spinning in your head. Can you imagine saying some of the things that you say to yourself to someone else? A friend? Your daughter? We want to stop the negative self-talk. And the way that we do that is to change the narrative and reframe our thinking and allow God to transform the renewing of our minds. Now, before we conclude, I have a confession. I have practiced and in many areas of my life, I have mastered the skill of shifting my mindset and renewing my mind. Yet there are still two areas that still challenge me deeply, almost on a daily basis. And that's around my health and around money. When thoughts of money or lack thereof, most of the time, or thoughts about my health struggles enter my mind, I literally feel physically stressed. It starts in my gut and then my chest starts to tighten. There's been times when I've wondered if I'm having a heart attack. It's a battle that I still face. But in those moments, I remind myself of these profound truths. God has always provided and he always will. He's my Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And he is good all the time. And he loves me. And I was healed by his wounds and by the word of my testimony. I don't ever want you to think that when I'm sharing that I somehow am perfect in any area, because I am still as much of a work in progress as anyone out there. And I will be as long as I am on this side of heaven. These acknowledgements don't mean the stress disappears instantly, or that problems begin to solve themselves. It's just a reminder that we are works in progress. And being aware of our thoughts and curious about our problems without judgment and challenging those thoughts with faith and truth are the steps off of the hamster wheel of worry and fear and dread that we often find ourselves in. We have to understand that there is an enemy out there who is prowling, who knows our weaknesses and will expose them and dig at them until we give him an opening or spiritual legal access to our lives. But we also have the authority to tell him to back off in the name of Jesus, and in Jesus' name he must flee. We also have to understand that sometimes the enemy doesn't have to attack us because our own thoughts do his dirty work for him. Ouch. 
beliefs are instilled in us from childhood and those beliefs become our thoughts and the stories that we tell ourselves. Maybe you were told as a child that if you don't go to college, you'll never succeed in life. And then you didn't go to college. Two things can happen when words like that are spoken over us. They can curse us and they can become a seed that grows into a limiting belief. In these instances, we want to ask God if there are any lies or beliefs that we have had that are keeping us stuck. And then we come out of agreement with them and replace the lies with truth. But maybe our parents were loving and they only spoke life over you. But you went to a church where women weren't allowed to speak. Or perhaps you've been in a relationship where you felt like you didn't have a voice. Sometimes we don't know what our deep-seated beliefs even are until we react or we're triggered. <laughs> Not too long ago, my teenage daughter was in the stage of pushing her limits. And this is totally normal for teenagers to do. She would ask me if she could do something and I would say no. And then she would ask me again and I would say no. And then she would ask me again and I would say no. <laughs> and every time I said no to her, she would push and then I would say no. And then she would push. And then I just started feeling stressed. And it got to the point where I was in tears in the bathroom with the door shut, pleading to God to help me because I didn't know what was happening. Why was I getting so upset? Like I, I got into a victim mindset and Certainly. I started blaming her for my reaction. But then I realized after praying about it, that it was me. It was not her. She was being a normal teenager. That is what they're supposed to do until we set boundaries with them and we teach them no means no. But what I did is I set a boundary with her and I said, first of all, when I say no, it means no, but you have my permission to ask me why I said no. And you have my permission to ask me if I was jumping to that without thinking about it. And when she challenges me, that gives me the opportunity to get curious about why I was reacting the way I was reacting. So going back to why I was reacting the way I was reacting is I got curious because I had to pray about it because I didn't know. I didn't know why I was getting so upset that I was shutting myself in the bathroom in tears. What was happening is that she was hitting a nerve of an unhealed wound. I didn't have a voice in a relationship that I was in for 10 years and no didn't mean no in that relationship. And so when I was telling her no and she kept pushing me, it triggered me. That is not an excuse. <laughs> that is a, an alert, a red flag, a siren, however you want to say it, for me to realize that there was a deep-seated belief that I didn't have a voice that needed to be healed. I was wounded and only can I be healed through Jesus and through changing my thoughts and my beliefs and telling myself I do have a voice. And these are the areas that I do have a voice and learning about different verses in the Bible that uh, 
helped me to see that I have a voice and knowing who I am. I am the daughter of a king and I am Christ and he loves me. He wants to hear what I have to say, which means that I have a voice. And then affirming that over and over and over again until I believed it. So sometimes we just have to get curious and ask why we're reacting the way that we're reacting, because sometimes it's not necessarily a thought, but it's an action. We see an action that we take and we're like, okay, what is the feeling behind this? And what is the thought behind this? What is the belief behind the thought? So sometimes it's not necessarily that we know what the thought is. We just know that we're acting a certain way, or we know that we usually what we see is the results that we don't like. And then we blame other people or our circumstances on those results. But what we want to do is do the thought model backward and say, okay, I'm seeing these results. What are the actions that I'm taking or the inactions? (laughs) Okay, that's the action that I'm taking. I'm going into the bathroom and I'm crying, but why? What are the feelings? I'm feeling out of control. I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling like I don't have a voice. Okay, what are the thoughts behind it? I don't have a voice. When I say no, nobody listens. Okay, that's my thought. What, where did that belief come from? Why am I believing that? So becoming solution aware means not just focusing on the problem, but opening our hearts and our minds to Jesus and getting curious about where is this coming from so that we can see the opportunities for growth. And here is the beautiful part. When we start to get curious about our problems without the negative self-talk, without the stress, we open the door to God's transformative power in our lives. We allow him to renew our minds and to shift our perspective from fear to faith and from scarcity to abundance. And doing that not just changed my thought life, but it also strengthened my relationship with my daughter. It is so critical to remember that not all of our thoughts are our thoughts. You also have to realize that if you're thinking something that feels off or not something that you would normally think, ask the Holy Spirit if you're discerning something in the Spirit. God might be speaking to you, or Satan might be speaking to you, which is why working on our discernment muscles is super important. If it's Satan, you can take authority over it. And if it's God, it will never be condemning. Remember always that God is good. He is love and he is light. Sometimes he'll say things that we don't like, but even in conviction, it will come from a place of love and goodness. Now, before we close today, there's something crucial that I want to remind you of. This journey of renewing our minds and taking every thought captive and challenging those thoughts isn't a one-time deal. It's a daily practice. And let me tell you, it requires a ton of grace. 
approaching this with curiosity rather than judgment opens us up to an incredible pathway to discovery. You'll learn to see that many of the thoughts that you've held on to and the stories that you've told yourself and even the lies that the enemy has whispered into your life are just that. They're stories, not the truth. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Facing this can be really uncomfortable. It's in these moments of discomfort, though, that we find our greatest opportunities for growth. By continuing to push through, to grow, and to change, we allow God the space to work within us. Taking our thoughts captive, challenging the narratives that we believed in is how we stop believing the lies. It's how we start living in the truth of who God says we are. And yes, it is hard work. <laughs> yes, it is a daily commitment. But the beauty of this journey, you're never doing it alone. God's grace is sufficient for us and his power is made perfect in our weakness. So on the days when it feels really hard and when the lies feel too loud, just remember that. Lean into his strength and let that be the force that drives you forward. Renewing your mind and transforming your life through God's truth isn't just about overcoming negative thoughts. It's about stepping into the fullness of the life that God has prepared for you. It's about living every day with purpose, with joy, and with deep-seated peace that surpasses all understanding. So my friend, as we wrap up today's episode, I just want to encourage you to embrace this daily practice of mind renewal, taking every thought captive with grace and with curiosity Remember that the goal is not perfection. It's consistent progress. It's growth. It's transformation. And it's about becoming more and more like the person that God has called you to be every single day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on Her Unraveled Life. If today's conversation resonated with you, come join our community on Instagram at Her Unraveled Life or in my free Facebook group, also called Her Unraveled Life. Let's continue this journey together, encouraging and uplifting one another as we take this path of faith and renewal. I encourage you to just keep seeking, keep trusting, and keep embracing the beautiful, unraveled journey of life with God. Until next time, friend.